Welcome to the Hopcare Take 5 podcast, where we give you five minutes of healthcare stories from the week because you care about healthcare, but you just don't want to spend too much time learning about it. Now, I get that obesity is a large problem in this country, but it doesn't mean that every single discussion we have about health has to come through the lens of whether it will make us more or less obese. For instance, for example, the city of Berkeley earlier this week passed a sugar tax, which adds a one cent tax per ounce on any sugar sweetened beverage such as soda and sports drinks. And this will almost certainly decrease sugar sweetened drink consumption because in general people buy less of that which costs more. In fact, there was a study done a few years ago in a Boston hospital where the exact same tax was added to sodas in the cafeteria, 26% drop in soda sales. And hey, sugars help to exacerbate obesity, so by cutting sugar consumption will help reduce obesity. This is, of course, one of the strong arguments that anyone puts forth when trying to get a tax of this sort passed. The issue, though, is that this isn't necessarily backed up by facts. People will replace the, yes, they will decrease soda and other sugary drink consumption, but they will replace it with other things. So you're not necessarily getting the drop in calories that you may have hoped for. You might not even get the drop in, in consumption of sugars that you would have hoped for. And so at the end of the day, obesity maybe stays exactly the same. But that should not be an argument against a sugar tax. We need to think about health beyond simply obesity. I mean, one, there's tens of millions of people who are not obese, and it's not like sucking down Cokes is great for the person who's 140 pounds. It's bad for that person just as it's bad for the 300-pounder. And that's why we tax things. We, at least in terms of the, well, that that was a poor statement. Uh, In terms of vice taxes, cigarettes and alcohol, yeah, we want the revenue. And the reason we're able to do it is because we say that this is bad for our health. Not just because you might get fat, from consuming sugar. It's just bad for you, period. It's bad for your teeth. It's bad for your body, regardless of your size. Okay, okay, fine, fine. So it might not solve uh, obesity, and that's okay. We can still tax it because it's bad. Yeah, yeah, but what about that? What about if we just started taxing everything? How terrible would that be for everybody? If, if, if the cheeseburger and fast food and all these things that were hurting our health if it was taxed? Yeah, okay, I mean, slippery slope arguments have a place in the debate, but for politicians and and for voters who are inundated with so many different issues, we really just have to take things one at a time without fear that now the floodgates are going to be opened, that everything is going to be taxed. In fact, even the sugar tax, which had been implemented on a much smaller scale in the state of Washington, was later repealed. Yes, inertia may be powerful in our country, and in all countries for that matter, but it doesn't mean that just because something has been passed once that it will pass everything in its genre, or that it will still be on the books a decade from now. I think, though, that if we believe that vice taxes have a place in our society, sugar qualifies. So dropping your sugar consumption will help you live longer. You know what else will help you live longer? Having a sense of purpose in life. It might be... Totally ridiculous what your sense of purpose is. But if you have a sense of purpose, a study of about 9,000 people over the age of 65 showed that it will help you live longer in comparison to those without that sense of purpose. Get ready for a flurry 
of terrible stories about healthcare.gov and Obamacare in general because November 15th is the start of open enrollment for insurance policies. So people will be back on healthcare.gov again, signing up for a new insurance plan. Maybe they got an insurance plan last year on healthcare.gov and now they want a different one. Oh, that's the first problem that we're going to hear about is that plans are automatically re-enrolling people. There's some arguments on both sides. The idea would be that, hey, it's a painful process and someone's happy with health insurance or we assume that he's happy with health insurance, so let's just keep him on the plan. The problem is when that's not the case. When the rates change or the policy changes or the network changes and someone wants to be on something different, there isn't really a good system in place to let the old insurer know that you no longer want the policy. So people are going to end up with two bills from two different insurance companies. Oh, and there's also going to be more problems with health healthcare.gov. Yes, it's a little unacceptable for this to still be a problem a year in. At the same time, it's the first year where now people are coming back into the system. So it's going to take some time. Try and bear with it. Hopcare.com. Check it out. Real prices.